Hello, and welcome to the Food Freedom Body Love Podcast. I'm Dr. Jillian Murphy, a licensed registered doctor of naturopathic medicine and the creator of the Food Freedom Body Love Method, a system for helping both adults and children make peace with their bodies, weight, and relationship with food so they can pursue health in the most relaxed and enjoyable way. Hello, happy Monday morning. I trust you guys all had a good weekend. Today is actually day eight of the 85 day Minnesota experiment. I got a little bit ahead of myself. I mean, the thing is I started on April 1st. So today is April 8th, which makes it the eighth episode. Should be pretty easy to keep track of. Um, For those just tuning in, 85 days, well, less than that now to my 40th birthday and I'm writing a book and I am podcasting daily about what comes up as I write that book and also what comes up as I'm helping women work through the process of making peace with their food and their body. Yesterday, I talked about the book a little bit more in detail, this the healthy-ish concept and what it is I'm trying to put out into the world. I'm still, it's still like a little bit of an enigma I'm not sure exactly how it's going to turn out, but it felt good to talk about it and get it out there. And I had intended to talk about exercise a little bit, but then I ran out of time because I'm trying to keep these under 15. Some of them are a little bit longer. Some of them are a bit shorter. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, the whole thing that I want to talk about with exercise, I think is my relationship with exercise. And what I'm really going to get you to do is start to think about your relationship with exercise or movement is how I most often call it these days. Um, what motivates you, what exercise means to you, what your relationship with exercise is like for me, exercise truly is the most fundamental piece in the puzzle of how I feel about myself overall. And this is not prescriptive. You'll notice that whether it's in this book I'm writing or the work that I do with women, men, and children, um, or in this podcast, very little about exactly how to eat, like what, sorry, exactly what to eat or what to do for exercise or in what quantities. Like this isn't about being prescriptive and being like, this is the way to do it. It's more about our relationship with these things and how we approach them and how we can start to define the specifics for ourselves, for what fits once we have the right motivation and the right relationship in place. That's really what the work I do is all about. So when I'm talking about my relationship with exercise or how I feel about it, don't feel like it needs to apply to you in any way, shape or form. It's just to get you thinking, um, Some people may be less into movement. Some people are more into movement naturally. My deepest belief is that we are animals and so that our bodies, our bodies do need to move to some extent. Like I think it's important for mood regulation, for shaking off or burning through stress hormones as they come up. Um, And for our physical body, just the way that our body's designed anatomically and physiologically I feel like it's designed to sort of like build up and break down, build up and break down. I mean, it's one of the things that I think gets lost in the whole optimal wellness, extreme views of health is that there's this idea that we should be perfectly in health at all times. And really, I don't think that that's the way that the human body's designed. I feel like there's this um, 
resiliency that is developed when we get sick or we have headaches or um, we get the flu or we move and stress our bodies in that way and then we adjust. Like there's this adaptability that we develop that's really important Um, and it would be impossible to be perfectly healthy all the time. And not only that, but I don't think it would be that functional. Like it's not the way that we're designed. So I do think that we, that we need to move, but how we move and, and exactly what we do to move, I think is really individual and the best form of movement for you will always be the one that you enjoy the most that fulfills lots of things or checks lots of boxes for you, whatever that happens to be, whether it's sociability or alone time or whatever that looks like, Um, and something that regularly and easily fits into your life so that it's sustainable. So all that to say, I just want to get back to talking about um, why we exercise, why we might want to exercise, what good, healthy, flexible motivation might look like for exercise and get you thinking about how movement fits into your life and what it means for you. Okay, so first thing, I love exercise. I think we've established that. I move my body every day. And when I say every day, I mean most of the time it averages out to every day. Um, but I definitely take rest days and go on holidays and let it all go. But I just love exercise. And the thing is, is a lot of people are shocked when they get to know me, like if they haven't known me my whole life and known my history of movement, they're sometimes shocked when they get to know me and understand that I move my body a lot because I don't look like a fitspo model, right? I, I have like what's lovingly or sometimes not so lovingly referred to as a mom bod. Um, And I bring that up just to highlight the fact that you can't possibly know how much someone exercises or moves their body based on how they look. So for example, a few years ago on New Year's Day, um, it's more than a few years ago now, probably like five or six years ago, I was at the clinic where I was working. There was a gym And it was New Year's Day or or January 2nd, something like that, in that first week of January. And I popped into the clinic to do a workout. And one of the massage therapists, who I love, um, but didn't know that well at the time, showed up at the clinic and sort of saw me working out. And she was like, hey, good for you. You know, like you decided to start exercising. Like she thought it was a New Year's resolution of mine, (laughs) not knowing that I'm basically an a workout junkie and like had been exercising regularly for years, my whole life, my whole life. So, and it wasn't, it was kind of funny. I mean, I didn't say that much at the time, but it was clear that she thought that this was something new I'd started. You know, there was no way that someone in my body could possibly be someone who exercises regularly. And I can't even be that judgmental about it because I've also done that. I remember way back when I was exercise addicted and I was like obsessed with healthy eating and and controlling everything all the time, I was out with my cross country team for a run and there was a group of high performance marathon runners that decided to join us for a workout. And I remember saying something super judgmental, like, oh, they're the high performance marathon runners? I would never have known by looking at them. I was like 21. So 
forgive me. And my husband, who was then not even my boyfriend at the time, he was just some, he was just the captain of the running team was like, why would you say that? And I look back on it now as such like a, I mean, he really called me out on that. When we were very young, we were both very much into this competitive, highly addictive running world. And a lot of people did buy into the runners should look a certain way rhetoric. And so he's always had a super healthy, flexible relationship with food that I've admired and loved forever. And so, you know, he really called me out on that. He was basically like, what are you saying about these marathon runners? And the thing is, is that they had really widely varying sizes and shapes of bodies. Like they, they ran very long distances. They worked out very hard and they showed up in all different bodies, which is completely the message that I have today. And also something that I've seen to be true as someone who's been to like 50% of the workout facilities in the city I live in, trying all different kinds of movement. It is true in all of those facilities as well, that there are large groups of people who are moving their bodies regularly and caring for themselves and showing up in all different shapes and sizes. So the first thing is you just can't know how much someone exercises by looking at them. So we want to start to think about pulling apart this idea that exercising a certain amount leads to a certain body because that's generally not true. Exercise can be a keystone habit that gets people taking care of their body in a certain way that might lead to certain changes, but there are also people who are going to move their body just like with food, you know, restricting or not restricting. Biodiversity is a fact and there'll be people who exercise a lot and their body just stays the same. There's even plenty of studies on exercise in women that show that many women actually gain weight when they begin exercise pro- programs and protocols. So I think another interesting concept in this idea of our motivation for exercise is not thinking that we can tell us how much someone moves by looking at them. And also, can we pull apart exercise and weight so that they're separate things? And I think that that's important because it shifts our motivation to exercise, which is what I really want to talk about today. Because I actually, like when I was thinking about this episode today, I think that I actually exercise more in some ways than I did back when I was really addicted to exercise. So the addiction wasn't necessarily defined by how much exercise I did, although I did do a lot at the time. The difference in the, in the, these two places, like where I'm at today with movement and where I was at when I felt addicted to exercise is the difference in the motivation. That's really what it is. I read this great quote on Instagram. I can't remember where it was from just last week that said, I exercise so there will be more of me. And I love that because I truly feel like that's my motivation now. When it comes to movement, I exercise so there will be more of me. I am more when I move regularly. I bring more to my family and more to my work. I am more balanced in my move, my moods and in my energy. It's through movement that I process feelings. I get my best ideas. I am like my most creative when I'm moving my body. I regularly, if you see me out walking or running, am stopped somewhere like making voice notes into my phone about how to deal with a client or patient or the next podcast (laughs) or what I want to write about. Like my best ideas seem to flow when my body is flowing. 
So I, ex- I exercise so that there will be more of me these days. And truly, when I was addicted to exercise, it was because I was trying to control everything. And because on some level, on the deepest level, I was really hoping that there would be less of me. It was really motivated by weight loss and weight control. And so there's a few things that I've noticed now that my motivation is to bring more to my life and not to control. The first thing is that I'm more tolerant of different forms of exercise. So for example, back when I was addicted, the only kind of exercise that I would tolerate would be like very long distance, repetitive types of exercise that were associated with calorie burning. Mostly I was addicted to running. That was really it. But occasionally there would be these moments where I couldn't run. And the only thing that qualified as a replacement for running was like a spin class, even though I loathe spin classes or being on a rowing machine, even though I loathe being on a running machine, I would force myself to do these things because they were the only things that qualified as exercise back then. I did a Pilates class once in my early 20s and I was literally like raging by the end of it because I thought it was so useless. Fast forward now, post two children, Pilates is the thing that reconnected me with my body. It got my core strong enough to be able to do other forms of exercise without getting hurt. Um, It was the thing that helped me recover from all of the injuries that I had developed through doing CrossFit without a core that was strong enough. That's post babies, right? I had had babies and my core was just not strong. And it was Pilates that helped me recover. It helped me heal up like my pelvic strength and my abdominal strength and like get me back into the right shape to be doing other forms of movement. And it really reconnected me with my joy of movement. But at the time I couldn't even appreciate what that form of exercise was doing for my body because in my mind it didn't qualify as exercise because it wasn't in the high calorie burning category. So that's the major thing I would say is that I'm not even more tolerant. I'm actually like excited and invested in doing different forms of exercise. And I'm not bashing running. I still run and I still, I still see the, the benefit of doing something that's a bit repetitive and can be a little bit mindless and almost meditative. Like that brings something to my week, but so does being in a yoga class or being in a dance class or going to a Pilates class, like these things all bring different aspects to my health. And exercise is about a lot more than calorie burning with this new motivation. It's about having good proprioception, which is our awareness of our body in space, good balance, flexibility, strength, endurance is still in there, but it's just one piece of the puzzle. And understanding that all of those All of those things, proprioception, balance, flexibility, strength, are really key to keeping our bodies well and resilient into old age, right? And so all of those things are important. I also love things like dance that really work my brain, like patterning and making me use my body and muscles in such a way that I just feel functionally like my my ability to move is being retained, And then the other major thing that's really important to me in movement now that never was before is joy. I, yesterday, I mentioned, I went to this masterclass with Peggy Baker, who is 
like a queen of contemporary modern dance in Canada. She literally is like royalty in that world. And she happened to do a three-year residency here in Kingston where she came and did workshops and one-year intensives for three years in a row. And then she has a big show here on Tuesday night. And so this masterclass, which was on a Sunday before the show, was like the wrap-up to this this three-year residency that she's basically done in this city, which is a huge honor for us to have her here because she is so incredible. But I get into that room and I'm, I'm not the best by far. There are people of all ages from teens up into their seventies. There are people from all walks of life and she has this ability. She just, it's just joy. The room is filled with joy and she somehow has the ability within a super short period of time to get all of us dancing and moving together. And that for me at this point in my life is just like I had a weird kind of creepy smile plastered on my face the whole time because it's just so much fun. And that is a really huge part of my motivation. I would never tolerate being on a treadmill, staring at a wall, running, indoors for hours at a time the way that I did in my early 20s and again if that's what you love cool you do you this isn't prescriptive or do this don't do that it's about the fact that rowing and spin classes and um, running on a machine indoors are things that never brought me joy but my motivation in the past wasn't joy it was calorie burning and so I would do anything to make the calorie burning happen whereas now joy and fun and bringing more to my day, like it needs to add to my life if I'm going to do it. That's the motivation. And interestingly, I move more than I did back then. And obviously I have a busy life, so I have to pencil things in and make time for it and have a little bit of a routine. But what's interesting is back then I obsessed over getting my workout in every single day. Like if I I was obsessed until the workout was done because it had to happen in order to feel okay in my body. And so there was this mental tug of war. Like I used to say I was just a morning exerciser, but it was only because if I didn't exercise in the morning, then I was in a mental tug of war in my brain all day long until the exercise happened, which is exhausting and crazy making and bananas. And now it's like, yeah, I have a little bit of a schedule, but I'm also super flexible. So, you know, this morning I was going to get up and run, but it was pouring and I'm like, eh, I'll fit something in later today. And I'm not going to think about it again until I have a moment in my day where it might fit. And if it doesn't fit, it, it doesn't fit, right? Like there's this, I can honor, I would say that's the second big differentiating thing with my relationship with exercise now. I honor rest and downtime just as much as I honor movement time. So if I need it because my body needs it, I'm feeling ill or I'm injured, no big deal. I can take downtime. If my life just gets too busy for a week or a month, I can let exercise slide and trust that I'll get back into it because it's something I love, not something I'm trying to force myself to do. And it reminds me of like way back before I had tied exercise to like controlling my body when I was a soccer player as a teenager. And This was my experience with soccer. I know it could be different for different people. But at that time, my experience with soccer was that 
it was a really healthy form of exercise to be involved in because it was really multifaceted. So we did long workouts and short workouts. We did aerobic and anaerobic and strength stuff. And when it was downtime, like when it was off season, we were off. Like we literally rested and we honored it and we celebrated it and we were excited about it. And we didn't start exercising again until it was like preseason. So we would take months off and it didn't, doesn't mean that we did nothing, but I'm just saying like, it wasn't until I, I started exercising to control my body and got into this like more addictive running world where the idea of taking even one day off became something really scary and anxiety provoking. Um, and so, yeah, that it's a really big deal to be able to take time off from exercise and not immediately get agitated and anxious and restless the way that I used to. Like I would become a monster if I missed even one day of movement back then. And now I'm like, I can go on holiday and I might even have the intention to exercise on that holiday. And then I just don't because other things are more important, like spending time with my family and being at the beach and whatever. And I'm fine. I'm fine. And then by the time the holidays wrapping up, I'm like ready to get back into it. And, and I will say like, if you're someone who moves or exercises to help manage mood, I know that this can be a little bit harder, but I just want to differentiate most people that I know who use movement to help with their mood don't immediately get agitated from missing exercise, right? Like, yes, over a week or a month, if they get lax about their exercise, they'll start to notice that their mood is affected. But the type of agitation and anxiety and restlessness that I'm talking about when missing exercise, the intensity of it tends to be linked to the motivation to control your body and worrying about your weight. So, and I'm sure that that, you know, that there will be people who, who truly are not worried about weight, who do get agitated quickly if they miss exercise, like their mood shifts really quickly. I'll say most of the time, I don't see that. I'll never say never, right? Like the whole thing is that we're individuals and it can be different for every person. Um, but yeah, I see that mostly linked to weight. And if you are someone who needs to move every single day because that's how you manage your mental and emotional health, or if you have to move every single day and you work through pain and no pain, no gain because you're doing it for performance reasons, I just want to also say, just to, to mention this as an aside, that we just need to categorize that type of movement in a different category. Exercise is so idealized and so idolized in our culture that kind of no matter how or why someone is exercising and to what extent they're exercising, it's considered um, admirable and physically healthy. And I just want to point out that it's not right. You can be exercising your body really hard to manage your mental health. And it could actually be like a little bit hard on your physical body. And you could be exercising super hard and intensely for performance reasons. And your body could be breaking down and getting injured regularly because of it. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. I'm just saying that for the majority of us, we definitely don't need to and probably shouldn't go to go to extremes with exercise because it's not the healthiest thing for our bodies. When I was um, training to run 5K, 5K races, there was a period of time where my right ankle was swollen permanently. Like it hung over my shoes. It was disgusting, but I just kept doing it. My, my joints 
I had a knee problem that was constantly acting up. I was working through breakdown of my body in order to perform at a certain level. And so I just say that because again, we so like myopically or unilaterally consider exercise good for us that we never think about the fact that when we go to extremes, which could be for a good reason, which could be necessary, which could be because it's just something we love, doesn't necessarily translate into super great physical health, right? Um, you know, we talk about emotional eating and how bad it is, but it's like, we don't talk about emotional running. Why not? We don't talk about it because emotional eating is associated with weight gain. Uh, emotional eating is associated with weight gain and emotional running is associated with weight loss, right? And so we're way more wrapped up in how bad emotional eating is as a coping mechanism because we're scared of weight. We're fat phobic generally as a culture, whereas emotional running It's a coping mechanism too for a lot of people, but we think of it as good because it's associated with weight loss, even though there could be some really detrimental effects. So just something to think about. So those are just a few of the differences that I've noticed in my relationship with movement now that it's really geared towards adding to my life and and being more as a human being as opposed to trying to control things and make myself smaller as a human. I think the main thing, the main difference between being addicted versus having a healthy, flexible relationship, like again, you might not be able to tell from the outside because I still move my body a lot. The main thing is why I'm doing it. And because the motivation is different, I have the ability to be much more objective and flexible and pleasure driven. I can take a big step back and objectively look at the big picture And not associate every blip in my relationship with exercise as like everything's falling apart and I'm going, you know, I'm gaining weight and and I've got to get back on track. I have this much more like I create balance with my movement over weeks and months. It's not day to day or moment to moment, which is something that is really seen. I really see that parallel with food as well, that it really is all about motivation. So that's it. That's your food for thought today. How do you move your body? How is your relationship with movement? What's your motivation for moving these days? And if you feel really resistant or unconscious when it comes to movement, why is that? Like what's happening in your history or what's gone on? Um, And for those who are healing their relationship with movement and can't do it right now, just know that that is also an incredibly important and good place to be if you if you are someone that has a history of over exercising and you're taking downtime that's part of getting back to a good relationship with exercise so that's it today's episode has been brought to you by that thing Suzanne Summers uses for her thighs the thigh master and also the food freedom body love self-study program you can find it at my website www.foodfreedombodylove.com